Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to It's Rainmaking Time. This is Kim Greenhouse. It gives me great pleasure to welcome Cal Ori, veteran author of 25 years. She is the author of The Healing Power of Chocolate, The Healing Powers of Olive Oil, The Healing Powers of Vinegar, The Sky is Falling, A Global Warming Survival Guide, and The Man Who Predicts Earthquakes. The story of Jim Berkland, Maverick Geologist, How His Quake Warnings Can Save Lives. She's also the author of Doctor's Orders, What 101 Doctors Do to Stay Healthy, 202 Pet Peeves, Cats and Dogs Speak Out on Pesky Human Behavior, Just Cook It, Epilepsy, The Essential Guide to Natural Pet Care, Cancer, The Essential Guide to Natural Pet Care, and many more. She is also an intuitive. She is extremely articulate, and she has some very interesting and important information to tell us today on Friday, March 18th, about what's happening with earthquakes and any earthquake predictions that have been made by other people. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Cal Ori to It's Rainmaking Time. Good morning. Hi, how are you? I'm great. Glad to have you here what an interesting author you are. You write about so many different topics. It's hard to put you in a box, isn't it? That's true. Very versatile. I started off as a magazine journalist, and then I finally moved into books back in 2000. And um, listening to those titles was something else. Um, <laughs> a, lot of drama, a lot of drama is happening around the world, as everybody knows. And I do. Um, I have a website for an earthquake forum website. And right now, a lot of our posters are a little bit um, all shook up from what's happening because we're coming into a supermoon on the 19th um, where the moon gets very close to the Earth, closer than it has for many, many years. And a lot of people, um, experts and sensitives, um, believe that a lot of more Earth changes are going to occur coming this Saturday. First of all, I want to just clarify two things. When one introduces you and refers to you as an intuitive and a sensitive, what do these terms mean? It means that um, just like our animals, they're very sensitive to earth changes. It's like in a way I'm an animal like a cat or dog that I have a fine-tuned sixth sense. I believe that all animals and all humans do have this, but not all of us apply it or not all of us tune into it. Many animals, like you'll see one cat that reacts to an oncoming quake that can feel it coming and act out, and another cat will just sleep right through it. Same with people. Some people um, don't believe it, don't choose to believe it, that they have these powers where they can tune into Mother Nature or tune into their own body cues that give them signs that something's going to happen, whether it's an earthquake or um, a wildfire that is in the works, but other people can tune into it and be very connected and um, pay attention to the signs. You've predicted a lot of earthquakes, and I know you have worked with Jim Berkland before, and you come to your focuses very differently. Explain how you come to predicting the epicenter of earthquakes. Well, Earth, well first, Jim Berkland is a geologist. He, he's a little bit intuitive, as I've noticed over the years. I've known him for 25 years. He's like my surrogate dad. He's taught me so much. Um, but I, in the past five, six years, after I did write the book on the man who predicts earthquakes, <clears throat> I've come to believe that I'm more intuitive than he is, I believe. And I, I think he'll agree to, to that. I'm just, I don't like the word psychic, but I am a phone psychic advisor now, and he knows that. And he and I, we've had um, two earthquake wagers for California, and we put a little bit of money on those. And I won both. Um, it was for California, what was going to be the next 5.0 in California. And he insisted Southern California, and I said Northern. I won that, and I pinpointed the epicenter, offshore Northern California. And the second one was for a 6.0 in California. He stayed with Southern. I went with Northern. Again, I pinpointed the epicenter, Petrolia, and I, I nailed it. I just totally nailed it. Um, and the difference between how we work, he, he works on seismic windows and lunar cycles and tides, which I totally agree with, and I use that as well. But what's different between us 
um, is that I can pinpoint an epicenter because I'm an intuitive. Um, for example, I'll get body cues, I'll, you know, I'll get anxious or my animals will act out. If it's a quake that's somewhat nearby from the Bay Area to, to Lake Tahoe where I live, um, Jim Berklin, he does he does have some type, sometimes he'll get body cues too, but not as much as I do. And he doesn't, he doesn't use that. He's a scientist. I am, I'm just a sensitive. I'm very sensitive, um, to the earth changes. And again, because of my psychic ability, that gives me that gives me the opportunity to like look at the USGS map or just get images in my mind or even words like with the, the first Japan quake, the 7.2 that started all this. You predicted that? I sure did. I did. Um, on February 27th, I went on the earthquake epicenter uh, forum site that I have and um, I predicted, I said that a 7.0 plus would happen between February 27th and March 12th. Um, I said that I was basing it on um, the aggressive swarm. It, it just looked odd to me. The fact that Japan had not had a significant quake for some time. It did last year, a 7.0 with a tsunami. But, you know, it's a very, very shaky country, as we all know, because it's in the Pacific Ring of Fire. And um, I had a strong gut instinct. I couldn't get Japan out of my mind. I narrowed it down to um, the eastern Honshu region because that's where the swarm was occurring. And I said that it would be nearby Tokyo, which it was, 230 miles away. And, of course, as you see, everything escalating, Tokyo is, is playing a role in all of this. Um, so, and I gave it a, I believe I gave it a 65% probability. So it, it, it was, it was an accurate hit, as we call it, when we make a prediction and, and it happens, it hits. Um, I, but I never, well, actually, um, I was on another radio show on January 3rd and I did say, um, I did write some of my predictions and send it to the producer and I, and I did get credit. For the tsunami, because I did say in those predictions that I felt in the year 2011, there would be 8.0s, those are great quakes, 8.0 or higher, 8.0s, plural, um, and tsunamis in the Pacific Ring of Fire. So that, wow. that show host did give me credit for the New Zealand quake, which was only a 6.3, but because... Um, I mean, it was really, really, the destruction was just tremendous. I mean, 10,000 buildings collapsed because of the liquefaction like quicksand. Um, so it was considered great destruction. And there was an 11-foot tsunami for the New Zealand quake. So he gave me credit for that. I don't really believe I deserve total credit for that, but he also did give me credit for the... Uh, the recent Japan quake because of the tsunami and definitely in what was it, 23 feet? Um, I mean, it was just her, it was horrific. I mean, we've all seen the, the footage on TV. And so I don't like taking credit for making predictions for great quakes. And usually I stay in the moderate quake, quake range when I make predictions. I don't like to um, cause panic and chaos. And people, you know, when they're affected, they really get taken into the whole hoopla of all of this. And so I like to play it down. So with regard to Jim Berkland's window right now, seismic window that he's saying is from Saturday tomorrow through the 26th of March, are you in harmony with that? Are you picking up something different? Are you picking up a different window? Right. What can you share with us, Cal? Partially yes and partially no. I'm mixed. I'm very mixed and I woke up this morning and definitely had a more clear head about it. Um, on the website, I do have saying um, experts and sens sensitives are saying that, you know, the West Coast is next for the next significant quake, like a major quake, which would be a 7.0, you know, destructive but not killer. I mean, yes, there could be deaths, but nothing like what we've seen in Japan. So we're all saying the West Coast. And um, we all have different theories. Like there's an author, Simon Winchester, he was on <clears throat> a lot of major TV stations saying that, it, it's part of the ring of fire, and we're next. It's like a square or a bell. And if you look at the, um, I think it was the Chile quake, New Zealand quake, Japan quake, and then you can just see that the West Coast is next if you kind of do a square in the ring of fire, and it makes sense. That's his theory, and so he believes that California is next as well. 
Um, I I did uh, predict in my 2011 forecast that California definitely would get a significant quake. I pinpointed it to um, some regions that are known to have um, major quakes offshore Northern California. Um, they did have a 7.2 back in 2005 um, in mid-June, um, which caused a, a ping-pong effect where there was actually... Um, strong quakes in, in Southern California during the same time within a three-day time period. So um, I did say offshore Northern California, San Francisco Bay Area, even the Tahoe re- region and Southern California, San Fernando Valley, San Bernardino. It's all, um, I said, a significant quake could happen in one or more of these regions in 2011. I did not pinpoint it to a month or a day. But um, that was for an article I write, wrote for my Earth Changes column in January. Since then, I did start to think that maybe uh, March and April, because they're known to be shaky months, the Great Quake in Alaska, West Coast, March 27th, 1964, um, a, a strong, strong quake in Morgan Hill, south of the Bay Area, in 1984, which I was in, and that was in April 24th, 1984. Um, and just kind of look in the 1906 great quake in April, 1906, um, April 18th, I started thinking maybe March and April are months that we are going to have a significant quake. So I hold on to that, that prediction, which isn't too different than Jim Birkeland. However, Jim Birkeland, he was on a major um, news channel the other day, and I do feel that the uh, interviewer kind of kind of put him in a corner. So, Jim, is this quake going to happen on the day of the supermoon, the full moon, which comes on Saturday? And I do believe, and now I just got a Google message saying that Jim Birkeland says that on the 19th, you know, a quake's going to hit California. And so I've been getting emails from people, Cali, Cali, is the California quake coming Saturday? So people are starting to get into panic mode thinking this geologist who has a good track record of predicting quakes, he did predict the World Series quake, 7.1, 1989, October 17th. People are starting to get scared. So when I woke up this morning, it hit me. No, we are not getting... um you know, a great quake or a major quake this coming Saturday. I just don't believe it's going to play out that way. Sure, we could get threes and fours, and I said that on my site this morning. We could get threes and fours on Saturday. We already have been. Yesterday we had threes in the Pinnacles, south of the Bay Area, and um, threes in the Geysers, north of the Bay Area. And sometimes when this happens, I believe um, a stronger quake will hit the Bay Area. Seems like a, a pattern that that I've picked up, but again, to say um, a 7.0 to hit this, you know, in a 24-hour period um, on Saturday, I don't believe it'll happen. However, in defense of Jim Birkeland, his window is eight days, so he does believe because the tides are are going to be very high because of the moon other factors that um, yes, that the California quake a noteworthy. California quake will happen in this period. And again, I kind of blame that anchor that sort of narrowed him into a corner. Is it going to happen on 19th? Let's cut to the chase. What day is it going to happen? Um, it's possible, but I did, but I did um, dish out an anti-prediction, and I do have a 100% accuracy rate for my anti-predictions for these, you know, people that make these quake predictions. And I said that no noteworthy quake in California will happen this Saturday. That's just how I feel. You pick up anything else? For example, we have news today that some radiation has come into Riverside County, to San Bernardino County, and some parts of those areas. And Sacramento. Um, Sacramento? Yes, 100 miles away from me. Not fun. Um, yes, and it bothers me because, as we all know, well, people that have been following it in Japan, the radiation levels are also increasing. And, of course, as a journalist, I know, and a lot of other people know, that the government hides things, like such as the Japan government, but our government, they aren't angels either. For instance, um, examples, the in the Man Who Predicts Earthquakes book, 
I discovered through Jim Birkeland and other experts I interviewed that the death count of the Great Quake in San Francisco was um, played down. For years and years, they said only 500 people died. Then they said 3,000 people died. Well, it turns out that finally they said 3,000. Well, now it's 5,000 plus. We'll never know. Some of the... Uh, images after the great quake that uh the photos were doctored so people wouldn't have to pay insurance you know fire insurance because there was the quake and the great fire um moving fast forward as a journalist for woman's world years back i did an article on agent orange and how it affected the women that served in vietnam the government wouldn't take credit they you know these women that i interviewed nurses what have you would tell me about their illnesses and they believed that it was linked to the agent orange that they were to, but the government said there was no hard-hitting proof that that's the case. Yesterday, um, I talked to a woman and her husband who served in Vietnam. He just passed um, two years ago from Agent Orange. Um, he ended up having a, um, a blood type of cancer. It's just, you know, today they say that um, the radiation levels are very, very, very small. So, Okay, I can go with that, but who's to say it's not going to increase? I mean, they do not have control of these reactors. And on my side, I even predicted when this started um, with the nuclear plant in Japan that um, I knew that it was just going to go downhill. I, you know, some people know me as a gloom, gloom and doom girl, but I'm a realist. And they don't have it contained, and it doesn't look good. Um, there's so much controversy out there, but they don't want to cause more panic and more chaos. But it doesn't look good, and I do believe there's probably going to be a meltdown. And then that's just going to mean more radiation. So if it's already hit the West Coast now, I don't even want to go there. I know, I, really I know. Don't. You know, it's funny. I can totally see both governments' positions, but here's where I have an issue. By playing it down and trying to control everybody and control our reactions, what they need to do is to give us dominion to do what we're called to do with the truth. A lot of people may just decide to pick up and leave. A lot of people would have ordered the proper iodine tablets to begin one part of the remedy. Well, that's what they're doing, and I disagree with that. Now, you know, I'm known as Nature Girl in the Healing Power Series. You know, it's all natural stuff, and I'm very sensitive, so I'm not about to go out and buy those pills because there are reactions to them. Um, they can make you really sick, really, you know, throw up, vomiting. Um, they could even make you have hypothyroidism. I had a cat that lived to 18 that had that. It's a metabolic disorder when he was 16 to 18, and you have to take pills for the rest of your life to counteract your metabolism, and who wants to go there? And that, that is one side effect of the pill. Um, of course, when all this happened, I looked up the side effects of the pill because I thought about, well, okay. You're talking about Iostat 131 yeah. or 134? Yeah, yeah. Right. And I thought about taking it. I talked to Birkeland about, are you going to take the pills? No, and he said he would hit the, the salt, you know, because it does have iodine on it. I talked to another visionary friend of mine who has a wonderful track record of accuracy. She said she may hit the seaweed because people eat seaweed, and that's more natural. Right now, I'd, I would not take the pills. I do not believe in taking the pills. I know that they're selling out. I well, know they're gone. I mean, the government has banned them already. We can't even get them if we tried. Right, right. Um, but, you know... I write about this stuff all the time, and when the swine flu hit, I was writing about it and getting scared, and it did spread, and I knew it would come here, and it did. Um, but, you know, it was a pandemic um, six, as I predicted it would go to. But the thing is, sure, there was people, there were people that died. There were people that definitely got it, but I did not, and I did take precautions, you know, washing my hands, staying clear of people, and living in a tourist town, you can imagine... Um, the writer, I have a great imagination. I'm a hypochondriac, even though I'm super healthy. Um, I just, you know, stayed clear of people. However, with radiation, it's a little bit different. You can't see it. You can't really trust the government. But you could buy one of those little kits and, you know, walk around and see how high the radiation's getting. I don't know. It just, you know, being a baby boomer, I've been around for, God, we're moving up to almost 60 years. And, um, <laughs> Seeing the movie back in the 70s, Silkwood, I kept making uh, literary references to that movie, and lo and behold, I see MSNBC doing, MSNBC and CNN doing the same thing, you know, because, I mean, 
if you watch the movie, I'm sure you can rent it. It 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 overlaps sort of of what's happening right now. You know, it just I don't know. It's it's a scary world out there right now. It really really is. Um it's funny. I had a very vivid dream. Sensitives have dreams a lot of time, and I had a very, very vivid dream this morning where it was great. It was very vivid where um, I met somebody. It was like at a coffee shop, and they had this um, they had this thing where they could, like a time capsule, where you could choose any year you want to go to, and they could put you there. And I chose 1969. And how funny is that? Thinking it would be a time of calm, but you know, it was the Vietnam War and and protest and and anti government. And you know, I come from that era, and I just think it's funny that I went back to that time. Uh, maybe there is a link because there's so much protest right now. And as a sensitive and an intuitive, I'm more, I'm not saying that everyone isn't sensitive to what's going on, but a lot of people choose to deny it or, you know, whatever, you know, what can I do about it? But sensitives and intuitives, they're more connected to it. And so we're, we're more, um, it's more upsetting to us. You know, we, we're really in tune to it, just like some animals, when they can sense oncoming quakes, they'll really act out. Like my dogs, when we've had quakes up here before they happen, you know, they'll pace, um, and they're really mellow dogs for Britney's, but they'll pace before an earthquake. My cat will be seismically sensitive. He'll uh, he'll be very, very vocal and vocalized. Um, he'll want to get outside. He's an indoor-only cat. So sensitive, human, human sensitives kind of act out like animals. You know, we'll get lots of different, uh, you know, psychological and physical symptoms. So right now it's not a fun time, but I have to say that I am being fairly calm and centered for me, which is good. I'm going to just switch over here for a minute because really we know that when the radiation began, most of us were told, don't worry, it's not coming to the USA. You only have to be within 12 miles. They told the Japanese people that. Then they told them, oh, no, you can be within 20 miles. And then the American government said, oh, no, you should be within 50 miles. So how could you have anybody within hundreds of miles if it's already in California? <laughs> I know. I know. I knew this would happen. It reminds me of the classic novel and movie On the Beach. No, it wasn't an atomic bomb, but, you know, these people, it focused on, um, you had to read it in high school, and I've seen the movie, it focused on um, just one little group of people, and they were the uh, surviving stragglers, and they were waiting it out before the radiation would hit them in Australia, I believe, and then they had, like, cyanide pills or some pills that would just, you know... Kill them in a in a quick quick way when the radiation effects uh, got too bad. Um, in a way, I'm just getting images of that. I'm not saying California we're all going to have radiation sickness and die, but we again we are facing a nuclear meltdown in Japan. These people do not have it contained. We don't know the truth. We don't know the scope of how bad it is. We're really at their mercy, and we're trying everything. This would make a great sci-fi disaster film. I mean, it's it's playing out like that. And, you know, with a master's in English creative writing, you can imagine where my mind's going. But, you know, all my predictions are coming true. I mean, when this when the nuclear reactors came into play last week, I believe, on the site, I said, it's going to get worse. I know it is. And I, and I see this as going into a meltdown. And some of the posters said, no, no, be optimistic, blah, blah, but uh-uh. And that's where we're headed right now. And again, if we do have a meltdown, if we if it's already hit the West Coast, yeah. I mean, it's it, you don't have to be a, a scientist to say that we will get more radiation. Um, but we, and let's put it in perspective, we are 6,000 miles away. Um, so... I don't know, Berkland told me the other night, we talked a long time on the phone, you know, if we all survived here, um, you know, of the bombing um, of Pearl Harbor, it couldn't be really any worse than that, could it? I don't think so. I don't know, maybe that's a rhetorical question, but... uh <clears throat> you know, I don't plan on leaving Tahoe today. I did flee the Angora fire, a wildfire, 
here back in 2007 because I, as a journalist, I covered the firestorm in Oakland, the Bay Area, and that was really scary. If you've ever been in a firestorm, um, you want to flee, and people did lose their lives because they couldn't leave. They were trapped on this one narrow road. They couldn't get down, and the fire engines couldn't get up to put the, the burning houses, um, you know, the flames out. So these people died trying to escape off the hill. They died in their cars. And, you know, I had images of that, and I thought I did not want to be trapped on Highway 50, the only way out, with two dogs, a cat, and a brother in denial in gridlock. So I paid for us to just get out of Dodge, you know, when everything was... It, there was a lot of panic here already. It was bad. But, I mean, I'm in my on my street, people were hosing down the rooftops. Um, I was getting automated messages um, every 15 minutes how the fire is getting closer to me. It was just too much drama. And um, I finally convinced my brother, let's just go. I mean, we have nothing to lose. I'll pay for it. And all the uh, hotels were booked um, because people had to, um, you know, they had to evacuate their homes. So I just chose to go to a pet-friendly hotel that I was comfortable at in Reno. I'm not, I, you know, I'm not saying I knew thought the fire was going to spread to Reno 50 miles, but I just wanted to have the clear, you know, clear air and, you know, don't drama and just, you know, and I'm glad I, I'm glad I did do that. You know, I mean, it's not fun to, um, to have to leave your homes. It really isn't. And you're seeing this in Japan. My heart goes out to all these people that are homeless and that have to evacuate. It's nerve-wracking. You know, you have another issue. Um, but still... They I'm must be scared. I... They must be scared to death. Oh, Seriously. yeah. I mean, it's just drama after drama. I mean, 9.0 superquake and then the tsunami and then, uh, God, the nuclear reactor. I mean, it's just like in the snow. It's just one thing after another. So the Angora fire you you know you can't even compare the two, but it's just I'm talking about the evacuation. And am I going to going to evacuation today because of the radiation? No, um, but I am starting to think about Arizona, Idaho. I don't know, maybe relocation in the next couple of months. I don't know. I'm glad that I live very close to Nevada, the Nevada border, and not on right on the coastline. Um, for all issues, you know, we have two nuclear reactors in California that are active. Where are they? There's two of them. There's one, um, San Luis Obispo, and that's kind of like Central California towards Southern California. And then we have one, I, I'm not sure if I could pronounce it, um, San Ofre. It's in between Los Angeles and San Diego, and they're right on the coast. Um, and of course, last book signing I was. At, I noticed they have the tsunami signs, you know, in the coastal coastal areas, just like they do in Northern California. So it's obviously been strategically placed by the water, just like the ones in Japan have. Well, they have six. I mean, and I've heard, you know, a lot of experts saying six in a row. I mean, that's just and in a really seismically active area. I mean, Japan has 5.0s every month. I don't know who was thinking or who wasn't thinking. It just, um, I'm just wondering how many, you know, after the Indian Ocean quake tsunami in 2004 and December 26, which did happen on a full moon in respect to Jim Birkeland, um, I, you know, there were scientists that knew that that was going to happen one day. I'm wondering, wondering how many scientists knew that this could have been the outcome. When you say scientists, do you mean scientists at a nuclear level or scientists having to do with geology and weather? Probably both. Okay. Both, but definitely nuclear scientists. I'm wondering how many, how many knew that it was really a grave mistake to have six reactors all lined up like dominoes and, um, you know, Tokyo, a huge, it's the largest city in the world. Um, it's just a sitting duck. And they've had tsunamis before. They've had, um, they've had, uh, major quakes before. They have never had, um, a great quake. Uh, maybe back in, um, way back, um, you know, 1500s, I believe they've had, 
I'm not sure about the magnitude, but to my knowledge, this is the greatest quake they've ever had, and it is a great quake. Again, 8.0 plus. We're going, and again, it was upgraded from 8.8 to 8.9, then to 9.0. Some people are even saying 9.1. Wow. But, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are experts that knew that this would happen. I'm sure there are. There had to be. But I never thought about it. I didn't even know they had nuclear reactors there, to be honest with you. I didn't either. If I didn't, there's a lot of people out there that didn't even know about it either. So right now we are looking at a window for earthquakes, at least in this area of Southern California. Is that what you're saying, in Northern California? California, if you look at the map right now, it looks pretty quiet. Um, I just glanced at it on the USGS map. There's not any red squares on it at this moment. Let me read my little anti-prediction that I wrote on this site. It's Earthquake Epicenter. You Google www.earthquakeepicenterforum.com slash index dot lowercase php. And that'll take you to our site. And I I entitled it Anti-Prediction for California Earthquake on March 19th. It's two short paragraphs. I, I feel I'm glad I did this. It just some of these emails I've been getting last night. Kelly, Kelly, is it happening Saturday? It just bugged me. Okay, it's real short and sweet. Here we go. No, uh, March 19th, day of supermoon. No significant quake for California. By that, I mean something that's going to be hitting the news. Oh, my God, California, you know, 7.0, blah, blah. 100% probability, then that's for my anti-prediction. Probability, 100% chance, no significant quake for California. Notes, many people are claiming on this very day there will be a noteworthy quake in our golden state, meaning March 19th. I've been getting emails from people getting frightened. My anti-prediction record is 100% accurate. I only make these when I get strong vibes that a prediction will not happen. I'm not saying a quake will not happen this month or next month in California, and I have forecasted there is a good chance we will be next to have a major quake in the upcoming months and possibly before the summer. But to pinpoint it to one 24-hour period, unless there is a spike and AOL, AWOL, AWOL, Aunt Pets, via, I go to Tabby Tracker, Fido Finder, and it, um, you, you know, you can type in a zip code and you can see how many reports of lost and found dogs there are. And I do that for San Jose when I'm, when I'm watching. Tabby uh, Tracker and? Fido Finder. I love it. I know. And what you do, you can type in any zip code in the United States and it could tell you how many reports of lost and found dogs and cats there are. And when these spike a lot, oftentimes this is a very good tool to show you that there may be an oncoming quake. And I do this um, on a regular basis when I think there's going to be a quake in the San Francisco Bay Area. So I said, unless there's a spike in these uh, AWOL pets, um, or an aggressive earthquake swarm. So let's just say hypothetically, when we get off the phone today and tomorrow, what's today? No, today, Friday, if all of a sudden we get a lot of micro, micro earthquakes like ones, twos in the Bay Area or offshore Northern California or Southern California, if we just get a swarm of them, all right, then I would have to say, gee, maybe Jim Berkland is right. Maybe other people are right, you know, but In my opinion, it will not happen right on the day of the full moon tomorrow. Caveat, threes and fours, these are minor quakes, are certainly possible anywhere in California that day tomorrow. Offshore Northern California, San Francisco Bay Area, Tahoe Region, Southern California, since we are ranked the number four shaky state. So tomorrow, if we get a 4.0, I can hear Berkland, you know, all right, I, you know, I got my quake, but come on, a 4.0, give me a break. That's going to be so nothing. Yeah, I mean, we get 4.0s, it's very common in California. 3.0s, very common. And if it's a shallow quake, you know, um, one mile, two mile, three miles, um, yeah, it'll be felt for sure. Even twos can be felt without a doubt. Um, but... I'm not going to be worried if we have a 4.0. Um, so I, I'm holding my ground, pun intended, that uh, no no major quake 
tomorrow. Now watch, a major quake will hit Tahoe. <laughs> I'll be freaking out and saying, he's the man, he's the man. Well, and I'll be eating crow, and he'll probably make me pay him. <laughs> but, but we did not make um, a, a bet on this one. I don't even think I'm going to tell him that I made an anti-prediction. But he is not the only one to say, you know, that a quake's going to happen tomorrow. There are other people out there, I'm sure. There's but are they a- using the same tools that he uses oh, having to do with the Oh, supermoon, yeah. If you just Google supermoon, you'll see that um, great earth changes can happen on that day for sure. So a lot of astrologers and sensitives, I'm sure if you go on to the other sites, and they're, I'm not the only site, I'm not the only one, I'm sure there's other people saying that. And also, when Jim Perklin makes a prediction, um, people do listen. And he does have a good accuracy rate. He really, really does. With his eight-day windows, um, you know, and he has a newsletter, and each month he makes the same prediction where, you know, a 7.0 is going to hit somewhere in the ring of fire. Often it does, because the ring of fire, that's where 80% of all the uh, uh, major great quakes happen. And it's a great area. You know, it's a horseshoe in the Pacific, in the Pacific Ocean, like a horseshoe. If you do, if you look at it as a horseshoe, the whole region, you know, Japan, go all the way around to the Aleutian Islands, Alaska, all the way down California. I mean, it's in New Zealand. It's a huge area. So he, he says that every month there's going to be a 7.0 plus. Um, Oregon and Washington is um, another one of his regions. Uh, Southern California, I think it's, I believe it's greater uh, Los Angeles within a 140 mile radius. And Mount Diablo, which he drove me up to once outside, that's in the East Bay of the Bay Area, and a 140 mile radius that a quake will happen. And he usually says a 3.5 to a 6.0 um, in those areas, um, in those three areas and then a 7.0 plus in the Pacific Ring of Fire. And that's that's how, that's that's his theory. And he bases it again on the high tides, um, the lunar cycles, um, new moon, full moon each month. And, of course, um, a lot of people like he believes the supermoon things can intensify. And then we do, uh, there is a thing also, there was... Um, a mass die-off of fish in Redondo Beach recently and also right. in British Columbia. And that is one reason also why I kind of upped my West Coast prediction. Even though um, on the radio show January 3rd, I said California's next in line, those fish did not die off yet. We had the fish dying off over in southern, um, in the southeast, in the Gulf, you know, by um, the Arkansas swarm, the guy swarm in the New Madrid zone. So it's kind of strange all of a sudden, you know, they had, they have an earthquake swarm in Arkansas, and that's when all the fish were dying off and the birds were dropping out of the sky. Right. And then all of a sudden we have our mass fish die off. Now there was an earthquake. There were, they called it the guy swarm. It's still happening in Arkansas. Got, it's near Guy. They call it the guy swarm. And, and it did play out a 4.7 which is very strong for in that region because the bedrock's different and it was felt. That 4.7 on February 28th this year was reported felt by the USGS in 17 states, 17 states. So, you know, the fish dying off, and we don't know why, a lot of people are thinking that, um, yeah, you know, the West Coast could be in danger. But again, I guess my biggest gripe is just to narrow it down to one day or even to eight days, unless something else escalates, I'm just not going to buy it. I have a question about the fact that there are so many earthquakes happening all over the world all the time in the ranges that you gave, the smaller ranges, 3.3, 4.5, etc. And so even though it has been said that you can't predict earthquakes, they can't be predicted from a geological perspective. And of course, Jim Berkland says you can. And obviously, at the higher levels, you can predict them with more precision because we know that at the lower levels, they're going on all the time. The question is, can you predict the ones that are going to impact us? And that's the ones we're interested in, right? Right. Now, when I interviewed some of the seismologists and scientists at the USGS for the Man Who Predicts Earthquakes book, maybe they were nice to me. 
And um, basically, they said, they still stand by, you can't predict earthquakes. And um, I said, but what about the animals? What about the animals? Like, they sensed the oncoming tsunami in the Indian Ocean quake in 2004. And they sort of gave credit to that but not totally, and they said that animals are unreliable. Now, I do agree with that. I mean, you know, my cat, like I said, he's got a good track record for predicting predicting quakes here in Tahoe and in the Bay Area. The 5.6 October 30th um, in Alum Rock, San Jose, um, back in 2007, my cat definitely gave me a heads up, and I was on a lot of media because it was a total hit for me, and I give credit to my cat, and plus a bear was in my front yard. I've never seen a bear in my front yard. And that day, it was five days before that 5.6, and a bear and a huge crowd of people are outside my front yard. And we just don't get bears right in our neighborhood near uh, lake level. And I came out in front of the crowd. I said, what's going on? They go, there's a bear. And I said, you know what, people? Because my prediction was in the works. I said, there is going to be an earthquake that will be felt either here in the Tahoe region or in the Bay Area in the next five days. And, or I said in the next week, and sure enough, there was. And I just saw that as an anomaly. Let me give you another example. You know when Jim talks about the fact that we all have magnetite in our pineal gland and all animals do? Correct. And therefore, if their magnetic field is being thrown they off. disoriented, right. So you are in harmony with that fact. Exactly. Okay. And that's how I won the... Um, well, that's how, in a way, I won the second wager with Jim Birkeland, um for the for the California Quake wager. I said it would happen in Northern California. Um, I had to wait three and a half. We had to wait three and a half years for a six point to happen. We were having a drought of um, of strong quakes, and um, on January ninth, like I said, January ninth, two thousand ten, we had the six point five offshore Northern California Petrolia. What gave me a heads up um, about a week prior or maybe 10 days prior was the sea lions. They, there was a mass exodus, and they were heading up to from – they left San Francisco Bay, and, you know, by pier – one of the piers where uh, there's a restaurant there. Everybody would just love to watch the sea lions. And they headed up to British Columbia, and that was a major heads up to me that we were going to have a quake somewhere in Northern California. So I knew that I was going to win that wager and I gave credit to the sea lions. Um, so this fish thing with the BC, BC and down in Southern California, it definitely is a sign, um, and I've seen it pan out before. Again, I just want to reiterate, I'm going back to, and I, I really shouldn't blame Jim Birkeland because I believe the anchor that interviewed him, he tried to nail him to a day, and that is so difficult to do. It really is. But he he kind of backed him up in a corner. So you're saying that this quake is going to happen on March 19th. And, you know, that's not really fair because, again, Jim Birkeland's window is eight days. So um, there is a possibility. There really is a possibility that we could see a 5, a 6.0 happening in his window March 19th to the 26th. But on the 19th, that's what I read earlier. I, that's why I gave my anti-prediction just for that day. Because we're all saying that March and April, a lot of us that are predicting that March and April are definitely shaky months from history. I believe history repeats itself. I use that as one of my tools. You know, certain areas that are known to have quakes, I, you know, I go back to them. If there's a weird swarm happening and then I get that gut instinct, I'll do a prediction. So, again, I'm not saying March and April we're not going to have a noteworthy quake. We definitely could. I'm just saying March 19th, don't, you know. Don't panic. Yeah, and that's that's what's bugging me because I've gone there. I've gone there so many times, and it didn't happen. However, well, again, we had a swarm here in Tahoe, two thousand eight, April, April, um, April twenty fifth. The swarm ended up into a five point and I felt it. I knew that night the quake was going to happen. I knew it. We had fours, um, two fours the day prior when I was on radio, and the producer, the host, knew I was really amped. I, my animals were acting out so much for a week. It was over in Reno, the the mogul, the mogul sequence. 
They were getting shallow quakes, thousands, thousands. Scientists from all around the world were over in Reno. Even the mayor told us to expect the um, worst, you know, get prepared. Um, they didn't know what was causing it. They still don't. It was on an unknown fault. But we have three faults where I live, one right on the lake, um, two miles from my house at State Line. And so, of course, I was scared because I thought, you know, and experts do that, it could trigger another quake over here. I live a block from the lake. That could cause a sage like a tsunami. So I was on edge, and I was getting slammed with emails from people in Reno thinking I'm some sort of guru, you know, Cali Cali, what do I do? What do I do? People were leaving their homes. They couldn't handle the shallow quakes. Veterinarians were putting their, telling owners, um, to put their companion animals on a Benadryl to calm the animals. I'm telling you, the swarm was terrible. So that's what I was saying earlier. If an aggressive swarm happens in California somewhere in the places I mentioned, after we hang up, I'll, I'll take back. I'll take back my anti-prediction, and I'll get on the bandwagon. But right now, I'm looking at the map as we speak. There is not one red, well, there's a couple little red squares down in Southern California, but there's nothing to look alarmed about. I don't have any bad vibes at all looking at it. Let me ask you this. A lot of us are very concerned now. We're like, oh, earthquakes, no problem. Radiation, we're concerned. Can you look into that intuitive part of you? and? Uh, like I said with the radiation, yes, it's definitely going to escalate in Japan. I do believe that they're not going to be able to control it. I do believe that there is going to be a meltdown. They were talking about um, doing a Chernobyl uh, action on it and just burying it with sand. Um, um, that's great. Um, I believe that there's going to be an explosion. I really do. And I'm not saying this to freak everybody out. I'm sure there's a lot of um, experts that agree with me. Um, today, they're downplaying it when you go at all to main sites, but they're saying that it's dire, it's grave, it's not working. Um, the radiation is is escalating. It's really hard to get in there. You know, you've heard it on the news how, you know, those 50 workers, you know, they could only go in there in spurts of time. That one, I think I said earlier today on the show, that one expert, I interviewed him, actually, Professor Kaku. Um, I interviewed him years ago, and he's um, a prolific author, and he writes about future. He was on the news yesterday saying it's like using squirt guns. I saw that. It was really disturbing. And I I interviewed him, um, oh, God, 20 years ago. He's fascinating, and he talked about everything that would happen from flat-screen TVs to using our debit cards, and I wrote this up in many articles thinking he's cool, and and, from his book, but, you know, a real interview, too, he's cool, but flat-screen TVs and no no money? How weird is that? But look how that panned out. So I respect him, and he does have a PhD. I respect him totally. He calls it like it is, and again, you know, a lot of our government doesn't even try trust um, the J- Japanese government right now. So there's trust issues. I believe there's some cover-ups because where are all the people going to run to? You know, where are they going to go? They're already evacuating some, but they can't have a mass evacuation. There's no way. It, it would just... You, you've seen this in movies. When you have, when there's chaos and panic, it's worse. That can kill too. And if you get everyone on, on freeways and airports, you just can't evacuate everyone. And remember, as I said earlier, Tokyo is the biggest city in the world. So, am I scared? Yes. Be prepared? Yes. Um, as I told my brother last night, he lives in the house behind me, we're not even prepared for three days. I eat all fresh food. I don't like canned food. I do, too. Um, I, do I know, too. I know, and this is a problem. And so probably I just got a new book deal. I'm so excited. Um, Congratulations on that new book deal on the Healing Power series. Right, and this one's going to debut. The, not, the new one's coming out in October, and the one after that will be coming out right before 2012, December 21st, when the world ends. So, <laughs> hey, if I'm a straggling survivor, I may be um, famous on another planet. <laughs> You're very uh, funny. Well, <laughs> you're very funny, California girl. I mean, you've got it. You, there's no, really no humor in the situation. Um, I know, but you know, panic doesn't help anybody. And um, it's so funny. As soon as I get off the phone, I call my brother, Bruce. Bruce, we've got to go to Safeway. We've got to stock <laughs> up. <laughs> 
buying seaweed at the end. Um, do that. Start eating seaweed. Seaweed. I'll be buying seaweed because it has iodine in it. I'll be buying seaweed at our natural health food store. Um, I don't know. You have to take a fatalistic approach, you know. If your time's up, your time's up. I could walk outside after this call, and one of those towering pine trees that surround me that I love could fall on me and I could die, you know. Yes, true. You just... If it's our time, it's our time. You, you know, I'm a psychic advisor. Yes, I'm a phone psychic. And um, as I tell so many of my callers, you cannot control people, you know, people's behavior. Like, you know, if your mate's going to leave you or if they're cheating, you can't control it. But you can control your own behavior on the way you react to it. And that's the same thing with this. You cannot control earthquakes. We're going to have earthquakes every day. We can't even control the radiation. You know, it's beyond us. But you can control how you react to it. So you prepare the best that you can. And I'm not saying try and get the pills. You say you can't get even get them now anyway. Um, but, you know, you stay healthy. You definitely stock your pantry. You definitely, like we had a power outage in December here, you know, you have to be prepared for that. You know, your your first aid kit, you have to have... Um, you know, all your ducks in a row. And I'm not saying, you know, get your radioactive uniforms on, you know, like some people probably are are sitting them in them right now. <laughs> we've gone through a lot of scares, you know, the anthrax scare. Yes. Um, we've gone through the swine flu scare. We've gone through the Y2K. We've survived all of these. This is a little different, though, don't you feel? This is a little different. It is, but you know, again, as a boomer, I go back to when I was, um, I think, 10 or 11 years old with the Cuban Missile Crisis, 10, 1962, and, um, you know, we were going to be attacked with the atomic bomb, and I remember... um, my parents at night, they, they sat us down. We had a family meeting, you know, in a suburbia neighborhood like Dennis the Menace. And, you know, two doors down, our neighbors had a bomb shelter in their backyard. And my parents told us that um, if the sirens go off, come home immediately. We were very close to getting nuked from an atomic bomb, but we survived that. And I believe, you know, we're going to get through this. You know, this too shall pass. Indeed. I didn't think I was going to get another book deal in the recession recovery. Um, but, you know, I did. And it just, I don't know. I'm a survivor. And, you know, I'm a hippie girl. You know, in my 20s, I hitchhiked cross country alone with my dog. Bad things happened. I was raped. You know, bad things happened, but I survived. You just go on. Things pass, and I do believe in my heart, um, and as an intuitive, as a psychic, I do believe that California and the United States is going to be okay. But I do believe that it's going to get worse before it gets better, and there's going to be a lot of rough patches. You know, fasten your seatbelts. This, these are in my in my 2011 um, forecast article um, for Oracle 2020 magazine. It's online. I do an Earth Changes column every month, and I say I said I said that 2011 would have more Earth changes. Um, it would be more turbulent than 2010. And if you flash back to 2010 with the Haiti quake, with the Chile quake 8.8, all the destruction in Haiti. If you flash back to all the things that we had to deal with you know, back then, and if this year is going to be even more catastrophic, you can imagine what we're up against. But I still believe that, for the most part, we're going to be okay. It's a pleasure to have you on. I really appreciate you taking your time today and clearing your day to talk to us. Yeah, I'm going to go hoard at Safeway. (laughs) (laughs) It's panic time. Take care, people. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Cal Ori from calori.com, distinguished author, columnist, and intuitive. Thank you so much for joining us.